0: Hello and welcome back to Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. Thank you for listening and remember that this podcast is available on the Financial Mail digital platform and on both the Apple and Spotify podcast uh, channels or platforms as well. You probably have better things to do than follow the minutiae political debate in South Africa, but I've been paying attention to a curious subspecies of argument in the wake of the BRICS summit that took place in Johannesburg last week. It's between sort of multiple levels of opinion from hard West supporter, anxious West supporter, where I'd probably put myself, genuine agnostic, fake agnostic, uh, soft anti-West supporter and hard anti-West supporter. And the argument, which takes the form of newspaper articles and online columns, is about either cheering on or warning about South Africa's growing role in the BRICS, our own increasing closeness uh, or embrace uh, to and of China, a failure to condemn the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and um, in Johannesburg last week, under President Cyril Ramaphosa's management, the expansion of the BRICS from 5 to 11 countries, including Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Ethiopia, uh, and Argentina, to give the BRICS a largely... Unhappy lean away from democracy as the choice form of governance. Out of Brazil, South Africa, India, China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Egypt, Iran, Ethiopia, and the UAE, uh, I count just four democracies one outright dictatorship and a sprinkling of semi dictatorships, monarchies, and theocracies, most of which are all extremely cruel to their own populations, their citizens often either putting them in prison for their opinions or simply killing them. The Russians and the Chinese are good examples to the joining autocrats. Freedom of speech, it seems, is not of uh, not high on the BRICS to-do list. And it's the sort of menacing and predatory nature of the government's concern that has given rise to the often emotional debate about whether we should care that South Africa is part of this club, or that, on the other hand, we shouldn't worry at all because the chances of BRICS ever amounting to anything remotely resembling a threat to the established world is zero or very small. Equally, the chances of the BRICS ever amounting to be the game-changing alliance its members have convinced themselves they are is also vanishingly small. It's partly because there are so many varieties of uh, countries and systems and uh, economies in BRICS as it expands and the problem though uh, with BRICS and maybe not people you know the new the new members uh, I'm sure they know what they think they well I think they know what they're doing but the BRICS is fundamentally a Russian and Chinese project probably mainly Chinese now that the Russians have sort of run out of money and while the queue to join in Johannesburg was long it is just obvious that the reason for the queue um, were probably different for each country this is China's reason for paying attention to all the BRICS in the first place uh, would be of its own. would be all, It would be a reason of its own. An experienced China watcher, an author in 2006 of China Shakes the World, the Financial Times as James King, wrote last week in the newspaper that quote, the key to China's blueprint is to steady institutionalize its leadership over the developing world by creating, expanding and funding a raft of China-led groupings of countries. There you have it. The aims of this strategy are largely twofold. To ensure that a broad swathe of the world remains open to Chinese trade and investment, and to use the voting power of developing countries at the UN and in other forums to project Chinese power and values. James King more or less knows what he's talking about when he's talking about China, and I'm not going to argue with him. I agree with him. I think what he says just about sums up the bricks. It's created and funded by the Chinese. The queue last week for membership consisted mainly of countries eager for access to the Chinese market and Chinese funding. For them, there's just no downside to joining. To the Chinese, perhaps beyond big oil producers like Iran and Saudi Arabia, the rest, including South Africa, well, we're just simply future, future voting or not in cattle. Uh, when it needs us, or them. The thing about all big powers, Western and in the East, is that they crave applause and legitimacy. Xi Jinping, the Chinese leader, was simply oozing charm when he spoke in Johannesburg. You may remember listening to the speech. Our world today, he said, has become a community with a shared future, in which we all share a huge stake of survival. What people in various countries long for, is definitely not a new Cold War or a small exclusive block. What they want is an open, inclusive, clean and beautiful world that en- enjoys enduring peace, universal security and common prosperity. Such is the logic of historical advance and the trend of our times. Well, excuse me. This is a guy who has fighter jets in the world's sing- second biggest navy, constantly buzzing and intimidating Taiwan just off. The shores of China, which he claims is part of Chinese territory, just as Vladimir Putin claims the Ukraine for Russia. They simply don't entertain the possibility that the people of Ukraine or the people of Taiwan think differently. This is a guy who has simply occupied vast stretches of the South China Sea in the territorial waters of various other countries, building airfields and missile positions on a range of remote islands and atolls to which China has no historic claims and has dead the owners to try and take them back. Slowly, the ASEAN countries, ASEAN being the uh, Association of Southeast Asian Nations, are standing up to the Chinese. Indonesia pulled back on a request to join the, the BRICS in Johannesburg. Indonesia, by the way, is just a massive country. We completely underestimate the size and power of it. India, never an uh, easy partner for the Chinese, keeps a close naval eye on the threat, and if anything, India is in the bricks to make sure the Chinese don't run away with it. The Philippines, rid finally and thankfully of the crude and awful Chinese appeaser Rodrigo Duerte Duterte, has just appointed a former foreign minister, Teddy Loxin as its special envoy to China amid sharp confrontations recently in past weeks. maritime borders it was loxin who um who famously tweeted in two twenty. i think it was 2022 or 21 after an earlier confrontation at sea he, he tweeted um china my friend how can i politely put it let me see oh get the fuck out he later deleted the tweet but i doubt the philippines is going to be the next member of BRICS. in fact Since Transnet appointed a Philippines company, a Filipino company, more than a month ago to manage the port of Durban, there's been nothing but silence. I wonder whether the Chinese haven't suggested in Cyril's shell-like air that um, possibly the government might want to reconsider that appointment. Who knows? We never get told what's going on anymore. What we do know is that when Xi Jinping wafts on about creating an open, inclusive, clean and beautiful world, he's simply lying. He wants the world on his own terms, and you can tell by the word clean that he had already spent way too long in Johannesburg by the time he stood up to speak. Nonetheless, the Financial Times' king reported after the summit that, quote, the move to add Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates to the five existing members of BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, creates a grouping of impressive size and influence after decades of Western world-dominating global institutions, China is attempting to build a club that, by some measures of economic power, could turn would turn the world upside down. And he ends his report noting that while it might be difficult for China to create a parallel structure to the G7, the Western group of the, the most powerful nations uh, in the West, given the high levels of Mistrust between BRICS members. That quote, the expanded group, nevertheless, this is the expanded BRICS group, nevertheless, represents the most influential bloc the developing world has ever produced. There is sense that after decades of accepting the West's rules, the era of the global South is dawning, and that feeling may be enough to give it traction. Whether a feeling is enough to give it traction. We will just have to wait and see. South Africa, to the extent that it might represent all of the developing world's anxieties and resentments, wants reform at the United Nations, even though two BRICS members, Russia and China, are already able to block or veto any Western initiatives they don't approve of in the Security Council. And as for the global financial architecture, the BRICS new development bank still has to show some muscle, some balls. Maybe the Saudis will provide it. They're rich. This is almost certainly one of the reasons they were invited to join. But you'd be hard-pressed still to find a single, single brick laid in South Africa that the NDB, the BRICS Bank, has funded. It's no rival now, or probably in the next few decades, as the Chinese might like it to be, to challenge the World Bank or the IMF. China's economy is in some trouble, and it cannot fund real money, even it can assuage individual petitioners from the developing world or in BRICS who might want funding for this or that. In light of the NDB's slow progress, it's easy to forget that the IMF, the dark heart of the so-called Bretton Woods institution so despised by the BRICS countries or the BRICS founders, the IMF responding with incredible speed and courage to the coronavirus pandemic, so far has injected some 300 billion dollars $300,000 three hundred thousand million dollars into ninety six countries to enable them to respond to the pandemic and its consequences. The fact that we are able to continue paying welfare checks here in South Africa to an expanded base after COVID is thanks to the IMF, and that three hundred billion, part of which we got, and many of the other recipients were in Johannesburg last week, cheering lustily at the complaints about how unfair is the global financing architecture. Of course they were. They'll have to pay the money back. South Africa also scored from this funding. You wouldn't think it to listen to the President of the Republic. The thing about the BRICS is that in order to make a statement, it is going to have to stand for something. And given that the Chinese want to use it to stand up to the G7, it might have to challenge the West on an important issue. And that'll be another test, whatever the issue. People will be waiting for it. Neither Brazil, for instance, nor Saudi Arabia, which are both long-time American allies, would want to confront it. But Russia and Iran may. And China. But the louder the bragging from BRICS, the more likely a confrontation becomes. Russia and China are already aggressive powers, and they will, one way or another, land their new partners in a hole. Just you wait and see. Part of the debate that swirls quietly in South Africa, has to do with morality, or selective morality. Many people argue that all Ramaphosa has done, though, is to play real politic. You can't, they argue, run foreign policy, if you're going to question the way governments you deal with, deal, in turn, with their own citizens. That may be so, but boy, it's a hell of a sharp change of direction. From the old struggle against apartheid days when you were required to sanction South Africa because of what it was doing to its people. Now, not so much. The Iranians oppress their women. Ethiopians kill their own citizens. The Russians and the Chinese brook no internal criticism. Zimbabwe has endured just another stolen election. We happily put that all behind us. The Russians may jail or poison their domestic opponents, but they supported us in the struggle, so it was good. Never mind the fact that Oliver Tambo lived in London, his entire exile. The British are these days part of the problem. Russia and China the solution. Do with that what you will. It is what it is. Next year, the non-aligned movement holds its summit in Kampala, Uganda, where where Yaweri Museveni, president for nearly 40 years, and who cattle have so inspired and transported Sura Ramaphosa and got him into trouble. Um, at his pala pala game farm in Limpopa, Museveni has recently passed laws making homosexuality illegal and punishable by actual death. but the bricks presumably will be there in force, led by our president, grinning away and not a thought for the ordinary Ugandans who have to put up with who have had to put up with Museveni's in endless rule in a way, Cyril is the perfect elite, just as BRICS is a global South elite. There he was on Monday this week, congratulating the Zimbabwean government on the completion of yet another successful election, and lamenting that it had had to take place under difficult circumstances. I waited for the circumstances, but it was just another whinge at the West. The difficult circumstances were the supposed Western sanctions on Zimbabwe. A complete fiction, because there are literally no sanctions on Zimbabwe. That Ramaphosa uses to explain to himself the presence in South Africa of millions of Zimbabwean migrants. If you can't tell yourself the truth, how can you possibly lead? I blame apartheid, but that's another story. Elites live on another planet, not just the BRICS elites, all elites. More than 150 members of the Chinese National Assembly, their parliament, are dollar billionaires. There are not one dollar billionaire in the US Senate or Congress. But words in this great game have lost their meaning. As someone celebrating the dawn of a new Bricks age wrote this past weekend, Already there is talk of changing the makeup of the UN Security Council, the Bretton Woods institutions, and more. Concrete steps have been taken to move away from dependence on the dollar for international trade. Ah. What it must be to be young and hopeful, to think you stand on the very edge of history at a vital turning point. Disappointment will not be far behind, that much I know. Well, that's it from me this week. I'll be back next week with another podcast from the edge. Thank you so much for joining. Keep safe. Bye-bye.